WRFNLP, Pasquo. Creepy Steve in the house. This is Ghost Town. Welcome. 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 Is that creepy enough? Good stuff. I've been practicing. <laughs> Not that I need to. Oh, how about that? Everyday poetry. Poetry for the people with Sandy Gertz. Woo! Holding it down. I didn't know if I was going to make it on time today, folks. I was coming in from Jackson, visited a friend last night. Jackson, Tennessee. A lot of trucks today, folks. A lot of 18-wheeler tractor trailers. But it's cool. I'm doing fine. You know, <laughs> I'm keeping it together, man. You know, it's all good. I got here on time. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, special guest today. They're kind of a, they're a repeat, semi-recent guest uh, in spirit, of course. This is Ghost Town. Don't get too excited about Benjamin Orr and his resurrection <laughs> from the dead. It's not, not really happening. But there's your first clue anyway. So I've got their first record, released in 1978. And I have the, uh, let's see, I have the 78 Electra version here. And uh, it's definitely one of the original pressings. I don't know if it's the original, but hey, you can only be so nerdy in life before it just gets to be overwhelming. So uh, David Robinson, Greg Hawks, Rick Ocasek, Elliot Easton, and of course Ben Orr. The car's coming at you off their self-titled debut here in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. And my name is Creepy Steve. Hang in there. the hell cars what are you doing to me here hold on try this again
the name the cars uh, and i'm sure you're asked this a lot why did you pick that particular name actually david thought of the name but uh there was really no story behind it he's just one of those people who keeps a list of names for bands in his head somewhere and uh <laughs> it just seemed like a real good name hey, once we lived with it for a while uh you know we really started thinking oh yeah you can get easy to spell easy to remember exactly yeah, four letters very simple exactly. starts with c ends with s yeah mm -hmm. could have been the cats could have been anything, <laughs> but it turned out to be exactly. the, the cars this band was organized if i read the material correctly to uh, stimulate rock and pop music, uh, to make it more exciting. Mm -hmm. What, in your view, needed, needed to be done, and how was it bland if, in fact, you felt that way when the cars were being formed? Well, seen in 78, just radio was very bland. It was very much totally top 40 oriented, much more so than, than now, even though there is sort of a trend to go back to a tight playlist. But uh, I think that our, our backgrounds, we weren't, we weren't like, we didn't come from a top 40 background. Most of the kinds of bands that we were in were uh, more underground sort of bands. And I just think that uh, we felt like that something had to happen.
Rick Okasik. One of the reasons the cars eventually uh, found themselves as the cars is because Ben and I had played for eight years. Elliot and I had played for five years. Greg and I had played for five years before the cars. We already had been through that crap of how do you, how do you work the personalities out? You know, David being the newest member, you know, fit because his musical taste was so close, you know, to ours. And when we, when we came together as the cars, we didn't have to figure out each other. We knew, I mean, we had already played songs together. We had been in other bands.
just what I needed, the reluctant love song. I can totally relate. Can you? The reluctant love song. Good stuff there. We're into the first record. It's The Cars. Self-titled, 1978 debut record. I've got the 78 Electro release here in the U.S. And uh, here's another interview clip. We're going to continue with side A here. You're in Ghost Town. Drummer David Robinson. It just sort of took a lot of parts from stuff that we had already all done, a lot of ideas and influences, and uh, started an, another new band. I don't know. It's one of those things It's hard to describe why you can do it with some people and you can't. You've, you know, I've been in bands with different kinds of musicians, maybe some better, some worse than people in the cars, but it's got to be something else, and that's like the hardest thing to find because you don't, you can't tell what it is, and you don't, you can't go look for it. You have to, everybody has to start playing, and you have to hear it. And we had it when we started playing. Thank you. 
Elliot Easton of the Cars. Was it pretty instantaneous that you guys kind of knew something was happening? Because that was real quick. You recorded it. You were together. You recorded an album, and then you were, you know, popular. It was. It was. It was pretty quick, but it wasn't like. Uh, it wasn't like um, the kind of quick where you'd wonder, like, hey, what's going on? I mean, we we worked on those songs for a long time, and we played. Uh, played just about all the songs that are on that first album in clubs for a year or more, night after night, you know, yeah. five sets a night, uh, eight till two, you know, all over the, the college circuit and all over New England and stuff. And and, uh, and so when it came time to record that album, it only took 12 days of recording. We just That's spit incredible. it out on tape because uh, everything was in place, the arrangements, the solos, uh, it was basically our live set. And Roy Thomas Baker enhanced that with his, you know, studio prowess, but it, the notes were already being played. So, so that was like, like the last time that happened. Right, I was going to say as your, as your other <laughs> as your other album started getting, was that harder to you were going into the studio and you know coming in with demos and saying, you know, let's make this arrangement this way or whatever. Yeah, well, you don't, you, you know, if the band takes off, you never again really get an opportunity to test your music out in front of people before you get to record it. Yeah. I mean, we knew which were our crowd pleasers and which songs worked and what didn't, because our friends let us know you know we sure. played it night after night and we got to know so um, we were able to really you know home in on uh, what tunes should be on the record and, and stuff like that so you know knowing what happened to that first record and the success that it achieved uh, you can imagine the whirlwind that we all got caught up in and of course you never again are going to be playing little clubs and here's a new song we just wrote last week it doesn't happen if someone pays $15 or $20 to come see you it's very difficult to try to force feed them something that they're not familiar with
Don't just stop. Wrapping up side one of the Cars 1978 Electra debut. You also heard, I'm in touch with your world, just what I needed, my best friend's girl, and Good Times Roll kicked it off. I do apologize on behalf of the vinyl for the skippage on the first track there, but those things happen. That's what, you know, you play the game of analog and you uh, sometimes you get bit, you know. But it's cool because there goes that sound in the background still, which. Uh, you know, you just can't match that. Good stuff. I'll turn that off now. All right, The Cars, the studio debut recorded, or no, released rather, June 6th of 1978 on Electra Records, uh, featuring three charting singles, which you heard on side one, Just What I Needed, My Best Friend's Girl, and Good Times Roll, but not to fret, there are plenty of great songs on the second side as well. Um, and there, you know, those are the album-oriented rock hits that received lots of airplay just because they didn't chart doesn't mean they weren't popular. Um, so this, uh, the band saw major success off this debut. And it was cool because they uh, got to craft all the songs uh, ahead of time on, uh, well, in their live performances, which they, they played out often. They were from Boston and uh, lots of clubs and kids to play for in that area, of course. Um, and really crafted their sound and their songs specifically. You know, all the solos, all the parts, they figured it out live and put out some demos and then uh, there was a bidding war between Arista and Elektra, and Elektra won because uh, they didn't have as many new wave acts, if you will, on their roster. So the, the, they would have put more focus in, into the cars than, say, Arista might have. And that was the idea. So they signed with Elektra and released this record, and um, it just went crazy. It was an unexpected success. Um, I think they're the perfect blend of a new wave, unique, original sound that just so happened to... Uh, commercially viable uh, so it really worked out for these guys all right we're going to start with the second set here after a quick note from rick okasic i'm creepy steve you're in ghost town hanging with the cars it's funny how we didn't know really about anything we were doing except that we were kind of a club band that did our own material and it was just that the material was maybe uh, that you know different at the time because it just came from one source and i wasn't too influenced by you know, pop radio at the time and that kind of thing. And I wanted to make records, but I was never thinking in terms of selling a lot of records to people and stuff. I, I thought we'd be like a cult band. I was not prepared for the record to take off like that at all. I was happy that it did. You get used to failing a lot and you get used to coping with it. It becomes kind of easy. And then all of a sudden, you know, being accepted and selling a lot of records takes a little adjustment. Took me a good 15, 20 minutes.
I always thought that was a good thing about the cars that we had two vocals. I mean, it just happened that way because Ben and I always traded off for just you sing that one, you know, I don't feel like doing that one, you sing this one. And uh, it's still that way, you know, when we do a record, I mean, we just go, yeah, go ahead and you sing that one. It's not like, you know, I want to be the voice on that song. I mean, it really doesn't matter to me, you know, who sings it, if I sing it or he sings it. If it's a little quirky or more stylized, I'll usually sing it if it's like a little more melodic or something, you know. Ben's got a good low voice when he uses it.
Woo! Man, I promise you folks, I tested this record before I brought it up here. The skips are unexcusable. But I appreciate you hanging on. This is a great record. We're into the Cars debut from 1978. Released on Electra Records. And I'm going to continue now. We've got a little bit here from Rick Okasik. I write a lot of songs when I do sit down to write, like at one time. I write like uh, a dozen or so. And then I do that a few times a year. I can't always do it, you know. I don't wake up in the morning and say I can write from 9 to 3. But when I'm in the mood, it's almost like I'm just uh, continually doing it, you know. But I do have to be in a mood to write. Um, it's not like I can write anything on commission ever anyone ever says i need a song for this movie or i do this or it's just impossible for me to do that you know it has to be like off the top of my head the rick ocasic definition of rock and roll rock and roll is absurd it's like you know you stand up and scream into a piece of metal and like bash your hands on some you know piece of wood with a bunch of strings on it and scream to people and say words you know it's like you can minimalize it down to nothing but ultimately you know it has an effect on people and uh you know, I think we're all just generally affected by music. It's a funny thing to have in life. It's just there, you know, music is around. It's like one of those things, music, art, food. It's part of life. It's so easy to play up your breakdown It's so 
<laughs> Rick Ocasek with the cars. Rick Ocasek. We were pretty used to being rejected a lot, or, or used to having a small audience of cult followers, which kept us going, I'm sure. You know, people that would appreciate the music kept us going. There were certain people that always showed up at clubs, and, and you know, that always keeps you going. It only takes one person to say it's great. You know, you can live on that for a week. Bass player, Ben Orr. I like the road a lot. Uh, it's nice to go out once every couple of years and shake off the dust, as it were. It's nice. Performing on a stage uh, makes, it, makes the day worthwhile, actually, because uh, you have an outlet. At least it is for me. A lot of young guys want to go out on the road and see what it's like, so we got a chance. In great detail, first few years.
Kind of a different feel there on the last track. All mixed up. Wrapping up the Cars 1978 Electra debut. You also heard Moving in Stereo, Bye Bye Love, and You're All I've Got Tonight. I hope you recognized at least most of these. They are uh, all-time legendary songs, if you ask me. Uh, The band, The Cars, sold uh, one million copies by the end of 78, and they steadily climbed the charts. Uh, The album peaked at 18 on the Billboard 200, and this was in March of 79. Uh, It remained on the album chart for 139 weeks, and the record was also ranked number four on Billboard's top albums of the year chart for 1979. Pretty cool stuff. All right, that's The Cars wrapping up their debut LP, 12-inch. You're hanging with Creepy Steve in Ghost Town. I'm a little jittery today if I seem out of breath. It's not like I've been running around. I don't know what's up. I guess I just treated Saturday like a Saturday, huh? All right, one more LP coming at you. Going to change the pace or the tempo up a little bit here. This is going to be a little bit more smack your face around. 1983, the Fallout Records release. Action-packed with George Cheeks on vocals. Don't be confused by the name. She's a she, and she rocks. So that's going to be coming at you here in a second after a short message, and I'm going to switch records here. You're in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. Hi, folks. Matt the Prod Man here, your host of RFN Weekend. It's your weekly mix of classics, easy favorites, and that hot stereo rock. The stuff you know you love but don't want to admit it, at least straight off, right? Be sure to catch us Sunday afternoons, 2 p.m. Central at 1037 FM, 1071 FM, RadioFreeNashville.org.
Hey, this is Jenny. You're listening to WRFNLP Pasco Radio for Nashville, and we are glad you are. Indeed. You're listening to Action Packed, their sophomore release on Fallout Records. This is from 1983. It's called Survival of the Fattest. And you just heard Keep It Ticking Over, also Optimism and Open Your Eyes started off side one. This is a punk rock band, clearly. Formed in 1981, they formed as the Bad Samaritans. Uh, this was this included guitarist Wild Planet, bassist Dr. Fibes, and drummer Joe Fungus. Now, they were formed in Stanwell in Middlesex, England, and The John from Dead Man's Shadow was the band's original lead singer. And uh, he left the band to concentrate on DMS, and he was replaced by George Cheeks, and she apparently got the job because of her, quote, <clears throat> courage to scream along with the band's songs. And uh, let's see, both George and Joe were 15 years old only, and they were still attending school when the Heathrow Touchdown EP was released in 1981. Um, This included two of the band's songs, London Bouncers and all-purpose action footwear, and got the attention of BBC One DJ, da-da-da-da, guess who, John Peel, and he played the single um, London Bouncers many times and wanted the band to record their first session with him which they did so in February of 1982. And they recorded People, Suicide Bag, Mindless Aggression, Losers, and Calcic Blues. The re- uh, this resulting demo ta- tape caught the attention of fledgling label Fallout Records. They signed the band, and it was the first act on the uh, label's roster. And the debut for the label was the Suicide Bag EP. <clears throat> My throat is killing me. Uh, and was released in July of 1982. And... Uh, went up on the British punk charts instantly. And the original bass player, Kim Igo, also known as Dr. Fives, was the band's lyricist, and he left after the first album. And then the band would later be joined by drummer Grimly Fiendish and bassist Thistles, which you're hearing on this record. And uh, producer Phil Langham would also uh, sit in his bass under the name Elvin Pelvin. And so there you go. That catches you up to speed. They had some changes. And uh, I'm going to get their first record here as soon as possible. But here we go with the second one. Continuing with side A, you're in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve. I can't comprehend 
Pepe. Listening to Action Pack from their sophomore release, Survival of the Fattest. I said 83 earlier, but it was released in 1984 on Fallout Records. One more here for you off the side one. This is my jam coming up. Johnny Fontaine, you're in Ghost Town.
how about that? That ends side one of Action Pack's Survival of the Fattest LP, released in 1984 on Fallout Records. Hope you're enjoying. That was, uh, dare I say, a little disco-y for some punk rock, huh? But it works. That song's incredible. These guys rock. I gotta say, it's unfortunate. There's just nothing on them. They're they're so... uh, I don't know. They were just so under the radar, I guess, that I, I can't find any interview footage with them. Um, there's a music video that was put out on Cherry Red Productions uh, for Johnny Fontaine, the song you just heard. But, man, I can't find anything on these guys. I mean, I guess they were kind of a flash in the pan, formed in, what, 81, and they rapped in 86. But, I mean, so did the Smiths in that, you know, in that time span. Uh, so, I don't know. Action-packed. Uh, they technically have a, uh, an exclamation point before and after their band name. So uh, look them up. There's really not a whole lot of them about them on the wiki either. I mean, just, I don't know. It's cool. They're kind of uh, mythical. And I like that about them. There's a mystique there. Um, and I think they just had a good time doing what they were doing. Got to check out that Johnny Fontaine video. Good stuff. Um, also on side one, you heard Up on the Heath, Have Fun, Keep It Ticking Over, Optimism, and Open Your Eyes. You are in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'm going to carry you to the top. My name's Creepy Steve. I'm going to flip it over to side two, action-packed. Stay tuned. I'm KB, co-host of the Scenario Radio Show. And I'm Van Johnson, also co-host of the Scenario Radio Show, and you're listening to WRFN, 103.7 FM. Or 107.1 FM, Radio Free Nashville.
ahead, that wraps up Action Packs. 1984 release, Survival of the Fattest. You heard the full LP if you've been listening for the last 40 minutes or so. This was released on Fallout Records. And uh, you heard Voice in the Wilderness there. And before that, Human Beings, Who's to Blame, Cocktail Credibility, and yet another Dole Q song started off side two there. It was produced and mixed by Phil Gunther Vinyl. And um, yeah, that's it. That's that's the, the last album they ever put out, Action Packed. They broke up in 86. All right, I'm Creepy Steve here in Ghost Town listening to Radio Free Nashville. I'm going to carry you to the top. Be sure and stay tuned for RFN Weekend with Matt the Prod Man. Matt the PM coming at you. And uh, I'm going to get into some music to uh, fill some time here. A couple singles coming at you from 1979. Going to kick it off here with some B-52s.
I'm a cult hero. 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 I'm ahead of my time. You'll never rule me, cause I'm all mine. Proud part for me, cause I'm so strong. My time is coming and it won't be long. I'm a cult hero, paid my dues. I'm a cult hero, got nothing to lose. I'm a cult hero. Cult Hero, baby. That's a transitional cure offshoot called Cult Hero in between some band member transitions. I believe it was their uh, mailman that sang on that track from 79. Also in there from the same year, the B-52s off their debut. Track one that started off that whole career, really, (laughs) as far as the record goes. Planet Claire, you heard. All right, just a few more here for you in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville. Matt the Prod Man coming at you at the top of the hour with RFN Weekend. Nick the Stripper. It's the birthday party.
1979 record the crack babylon's burning another flash in the pan band that was incredible um, unfortunately malcolm owen died of a heroin overdose by accident he was not suicidal and that ended the band and they've had some uh, resurgences with you know henry rollins and other singers to join them it's been kind of cool but yeah they ended real quick sometimes the good ones do you also heard devo from the second album in 79 79 79 lots of those this this set uh, Blockhead was the track off of Duty Now for the Future. And uh, you also heard Nick the Stripper off the 81 debut of the Birthday Party's Prayers on Fire record. And Planet Claire, the B-52's classic track, also from 79. Kick it off that set. And I actually skipped a track that I played after Planet Claire. I'm a Cult Hero by Cult Hero. Okay, Getting near the end here. I've got one more track for you. I'm going to go see Roger Waters tonight at Bridgestone, Nashville. He's continuing his Us and Them tour. It's incredible. I got to see it in Louisville, the second show of the uh, the tour. Now they're back around in the south in Nashville. Crazy. Crazy, but incredible show. Incredible show. All right. Here he is, Sid Barrett. Ooh, <clears throat> throat. Matt the Proud Man coming on here pretty soon. This is going back to 68, Wolfpack. Dig it. Dig it. 